the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com to give us a little market strategy on what's going on, what he sees, and maybe what we should be focusing on as well. I start my day each and every day with Briefing.com. And the page one, it's a weird thing that I get to talk to kind of one of my uh, authors of the day, so to speak. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to be back with you. The forecast on gas prices seems to continue to ratchet a little higher. That seems to be the, the foreboding story in my world of talking about stocks and investing in consumers and inflation and retirement. Is it fair to say inflation's your biggest story of the year? Right. Yeah, it certainly is because it all plays into, you know, uh, the interest rate uh, view and interest rates have been a, a driving force here in terms of the discount rate for the equity market and the, kind of the, you know, one of the main bases for, uh, you know, for the multiple compression we've seen since the start of the year. Uh, but definitely inflation, you know, uh, hits home for everybody. Um, and it's been hitting home for the market, certainly through a lot of other considerations that relate to Fed policy and the potential for uh, an earnings slowdown. It was um, kind of good news, bad news. Yesterday we got China kind of reopening after recent shutdowns due to COVID, but Russia, Ukraine is dragging on and oil embargoes. And I think the last time I heard oil embargoes might've been the 1970s. And <laughs> I know there was gas shortages and gas lines. Um, does that sound about right to you of um, how ominous the story is? Well, there's definitely, you know, some ominous undertones to it. Um, Cause it basically is, you know, um, kind of signaling that there's not going to be a, a, a quick end in sight. Um, to to the pressures everyone's seen at the, at the gas pump, um, and not, not only that, but in, you know heating and now probably you know air conditioning bills. Um, so uh, it, it, it's going to linger here. Um, you know we're not picking up anyway on any signaling from Russia that it's ready to just you know uh, abandon its um, special operation, if you will, in Ukraine, um, and. You know, we just have, you know, ongoing issues here is, like you said, you know, the potential that um, you, know, you have that ban on Russian crude oil imports, seaborne imports into, into Europe. So that's going to ultimately drive increased supply from from those countries uh, that's going to kick in at a time when, you know, the, the energy market is still kind of struggling, I guess you could call that, but also capitalizing at the same time on the lack of investment in new capacity. And, um, you know, uh, what's interesting, of course, you know, you've seen oil prices continue to move up, even though, you know, the United States has made an effort to release, you know, oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And so 
that's not really even helping much. Uh, and so, uh, so it's concerning and it's definitely a tax on the consumer. And, uh, you know, and that tax looks like it's going to stay in, in, in place here, uh, for a good bit of time. In your page one section, you brought up Salesforce and they had a nice quarter. They provided a catalyst short term trading higher. It's not really translated into the stock market. I mean, any thoughts on what the catalyst is going to be? I know this is a regular question. When do we call a bottom? Is it going to be a rolling bottom? Yeah. Will there be a day we look back in history and go, this was it? What catalyst are you looking mm-hmm. for? Well, uh, I think for, for this market, you know, it needs to have some some sense that the uh, rate hike cycle is ending um, and 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 might even shift um and it doesn't have a good sense there yet because you know it's very you know with respect to salesforce it did have some market moving impact at the open certainly uh, we saw the major indices you know move higher and salesforce being a dow component was a main uh, player there in terms of driving up the dow um but interestingly right after you know uh the, the initial pop you started to see things fade a little bit and then selling picked up in in earnest after the release of the ism manufacturing index and we think that really related in, in large part to the uh contention within the report that you know manufacturers continue to see ongoing supply chain problems which implies that they're going to continue to see ongoing pricing pressures which implies that uh, the Fed may, in fact, have to stick to a more aggressive rate hike cycle longer than the market would, would like to think it will. And you concurrently saw a spike at the front of the Treasury curve, the two-year note yield, uh, following the release of that ISM report as well, uh, which uh, which we believe speaks to this notion that the market is still uh, you know, concerned that the Fed uh, is going to have to be aggressive here, uh, maybe beyond just the June and July meetings and, and keep with its tightening, uh, more aggressive tightening cycle. Do you have any commentary, and you're allowed to say no, on Elon Musk sending a note to Tesla staff of return to the office or leave the company? I guess what I'm looking for is the whole labor market in your mind, because it's got some millennial issues of wanting avocado toast and uh, a lot of vacation time. And then you get Elon Musk and his statements. And do we work with COVID? Do we stay at home with COVID? Any thoughts on how the labor market is, is acting in your view? Well, I think that, you know, uh, respect that statement. I, I think what you're going to have is really this a la carte approach to what the workplace is going to look like. Uh, it really will boil down to what each individual company uh, thinks it's best for uh, driving productivity and um, and profit growth. And so, you know, some companies can do it more easily than others. Um, you know, uh, and you know, you take the investment banks like the Goldman Sachs of the world where, um, you know, they they flourished on the idea of, of mentoring, basically. And it, it is very difficult to do that, you know, over a Zoom screen. Um, so in cases like that, it probably does behoove companies to have people in the office. So um, I really can't speak to to each company, though, because, you know, I'm not within them. And, um, you know, and and uh, and everyone has kind of a different perspective on it. But I think it just goes to show that this is going to be an ongoing uh, debate conversation. And um, but I do think that, 
you know, what happened after COVID um, is that, uh, the, you know, that the way that the labor force is, is going to work has changed permanently here because it was demonstrated, you know, during the depths of the pandemic that, you know, uh, we can still be productive at home. You know, businesses can still run uh, with hybrid, you know, work solutions. And, um, you know, and I would say even briefing.com is the case in point there. Um, you know, we went fully remote um, in March of 2020, and um, we remain remote, not not for the health factors, just because our workers have preferred being at home. And we do have an office that allows the opportunity to come in if they so choose, but have not seen a fall off in productivity because we're working remotely. With that being said, I always like to give the last two minutes to you to talk about whatever you're working on or whatever you see, whatever you think might be fruitful for the listeners. Any thoughts? Well, this is, uh, you know, uh, a shorter week for me, uh, for everybody, really. Sure. Uh, I haven't been able to uh, provide, uh, give a lot of thought, frankly, to the big picture column that I'm going to be writing on, on Friday. Uh, you know, been harping on the fact, though, that uh, you know, earnings estimates have continued to increase here, uh, even as these uh, various macro factors continue to uh, um, build and with respect to the type of headwinds they're posing. And, you know, the point being is that, you know, you've had a market that has, um, you know, looks fairly attractive from a valuation standpoint, but that's before you've seen any really drawdown in, in earnings estimates. And so, uh, so have to be a little bit careful here in terms of assigning the word value to certain stocks just because uh, the, the value you're seeing now is predicated on earnings estimates that have not been cut. And we think those estimates will, in aggregate anyway, for the S&P 500 are going to, to come down as the year progresses as consumers do face this tax of high energy prices uh, as companies start talking about slowing their hiring activity, which then bleeds into consumer confidence and potentially um, a move to maybe spend a little less in the discretionary categories. And so, um, so just kind of keep harping on that idea here as we uh, churn. The market was oversold and due for a bounce. We got a nice one, um, mm-hmm. but we're not necessarily convinced that that is built to last here since uh, we haven't seen any real significant downtrend in the earnings estimates. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news that you can use tied towards business investing and much, much more. I start my day each and every day with briefing.com. Irreverent, over the top and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Elon Musk is telling employees come back or pretend to work at another company. <laughs> he is snarky. Um, and I get it. I get it. I, I try to say I get it to a lot of things. And um, My big question is the labor market and what it's going to look like in the future and how do we deal with that. Um, we have a big problem right now with oil in the world. We're running low on our reserves in the United States. One of the things Biden did to try to help the scenario was, of high gasoline prices was to open our reserves. A lot of countries have done this and we're dwindling our reserves and China shuts down. And when China shuts down due to COVID, that's good news for oil and gas prices. And we saw that in the price of oil in large part because China stops manufacturing things and you manufacturing things. You have big smokestacks that, you know, puff pollution up in the air as we make iPhones down on the ground. 
So China coming back on is really bad news for oil prices. And OPEC saying we can't produce enough capacity. We can't pump more. We're pumping as much as we can. I'm like Scotty from Star Trek. I'm doing the best I can. Um, I don't know if I trust them. OPEC has notoriously played games. And they're an organization patrolling exporting countries, OPEC. And they have kind of a monopoly, right? Yes and no. U.S. does some fracking and Canada has. So, but the world counts on them. And we're seeing oil prices jump on the news of COVID issues easing in China, Russia getting more sanctions on their oil. Um, and then you get the summer driving season. Expect gas to go up another $2 a gallon this summer over the next 90 days before the summer driving season starts to abate. Now, here's where some sad news starts to come in. Yeah, a lot of Americans have exhausted their savings. And I'm bringing this up because during COVID, a lot of people were told, go home, the government will send you a check. And a lot of people took those checks and saved. And it was, it was nice to see because we saw $2 trillion of spending coming back when the consumer came back. Now, the summer of COVID is being replaced with the summer of high inflation, the summer of high gas prices. And that's not a good transition. Now, the good news is this too shall pass. The bad news is it's going to be a painful summer. Um, hopefully, by September, October, we're talking about lower gas prices and we're talking about Christmas shopping. But to get there, you're going to see a lot of Americans get into some credit card debt. And if this is you, strongly consider going to the, see the consumer credit counseling services of the city you live in. For instance, San Francisco has one called CCC, CC, Consumer Credit Counseling Services, CCCSSF, six letters, three Cs, two Ss, one F. And if you have credit problems, don't, don't feel any shame in doing everything you can to try to fix them. Of course, you should try to fix them on your own before you get a family. After you get a family, you should consider something like a consumer credit counseling service or talking with the credit card companies themselves. Oftentimes, they can be very helpful. There's laws that make them play nice. It is incredibly embarrassing and humiliating. I remember when I first started my company out of college, I got into some credit card issues where I had to decide, do I pay rent on a building while I'm starting a business or do I uh, put that on a credit card? Sometimes I put it on a credit card. Um, it wasn't a lot of debt, but it was enough that they started calling me and it was embarrassing because here I would be like maybe on a date or something like, why are you going on a date if you have no money? Exactly. I did some things wrong. And I tell the people who call because I think legally they're allowed to call seven times a day. And around the sixth time, I'd be like, nope, Rob Black's dead. Nope, he died. Sorry, can't, can't get him on the phone for you. And the calls would go away for a couple of days. And I was like, whew. Eventually, I, I pulled myself up and I, I, I paid everything back, right? Um, but what I actually did was I, I called them and I said, um, if I owe you $5,000, how about I give you 3500 cash today and you forgive the other 1500 And it was a deal. Um, now, here's the weird part about that is later that year, I get my tax returns sent back to me from the IRS. And they're like, you know, that $1,500 you got forgiven, that's actually income and you need to pay taxes on that. I'm like, oh, it never ends. But 
inflation skyrocketing and a lot of people are getting into, do I pay for gas? Do I pay for groceries? Do I, how do I pay for things? And they're dipping into savings, which like I said, we're building during COVID lockdowns, but now coming out of COVID lockdowns and the labor market's just changing. Some people are getting higher pay. Some industries don't have enough jobs, don't have enough applications for the jobs that are open. I'm reading in a USA Today article. uh, One lady says, I just started using my credit card for everything. When you see that happening, it's going to end badly. So just throwing that out there. Consumer borrowing is surging as inflation hovers near a 40-year high. So you're buying groceries and you're getting less but paying more. But you're also going on travel and flights and you're paying more for going the same exact miles. I was offended, not at the gouging, because I use that word carefully, but when I went to Hawaii for spring break with my family, um, I was offended that maybe 60% capacity, but they'd raise prices 150%. And I get it. They have bills to pay too. And I could have said no, but it just felt like, wow, this is tough. I'm good. I'm glad I'm not putting on credit card debt. A growing share of those cash-strapped households are behind on payments for car loans, credit cards, and personal loans. A development that really pushes angst, and it's going to make it very tough for Biden to get a reelection because Americans tend to vote with their pocketbook. Total household debt is still historically low, but debt payments have edged up recently to 9.3% of personal disposable income. If you have debt issues, admit it sooner than later. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Gas prices continue to rise to record highs. Expect a cruel summer for gas in the months to come. Let me rewrite that. Um, interesting. I'm writing my TV show as I do this. And basically I'm putting all the themes together in my head and and listen to what I have so far, because I don't think it sounds very good. It's pretty ominous. I approach every day as a new day. Um, That's just my shtick. Um, Stocks, I, I approach it Every day is a new day, but a story every day. And I try to find the story of Wall Street. And the stories today aren't good. Stocks fall to start June. And the phrase you're going to hear today, are we in for a June swoon? As summer hits, volume goes down on Wall Street. As volume goes down, things can rally, but they can also get back to reality when the numbers start to roll in. And inflation is going to be a problem all summer long. We're hoping, and again, I say on the air on a regular basis, we don't really want to use the word hope on this show. But the expectation is that inflation has started, already peaked in some categories, shortly will peak in others, but it started to come down in very few. The ideal would be that we see more prices coming down across the board. 
JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon says he's preparing for the U.S. bank for an economic hurricane on the horizon, advised investors to do the same. Now, we don't get a lot of hurricanes in California, but if you've ever lived in hurricane country, it's scary stuff. And when you see the hurricane clouds coming, you know. I've been in Houston before when a hurricane's just about to hit, and it's a 15-minute window to get to safety. And you see it in the clouds. So Diamond says, we're seeing those clouds. And he says, you better brace yourself. Oh, by the way, Jamie Diamond is probably my favorite banker. And he comes across as someone you would not want to challenge in Jeopardy business categories. If there was a game called Business Jeopardy, like Sports Jeopardy, uh, he would run the board. He's awesome. He's all that in a bucket of chicken when it comes to knowledge. He says, you better brace yourself. JP Morgan is bracing ourselves. We're going to be very conservative with our balance sheet. There are two main factors that Diamond is worried about. First, one, one, one. The Federal Reserve has signaled it will reverse its emergency bond buying programs and shrink its balance sheet. That started today. It will ramp up that quantitative tightening and reduce their bond holdings and float them out to the markets to buy. We've never had anything that we can compare this to as far as quantitative tightening. So you're looking at something that could be written in history books, in economic history books in the years to come. Diamond said a lot of quantitative easing programs backfired. Central banks don't have a choice because there's too much liquidity in the system. They have to remove some of the liquidity to stop the speculation, reduce home prices, and stuff like that. Ooh, he just said reduce home prices. Alert, alert, alert. Home prices won't always go up. Over time, they work, but they shouldn't be going up 20% a month on a year-over-year basis. Oil almost has to go up in price due to what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, so says Jamie Dimon. There's going to be displacements of food and fuel in the coming months. This will cause the worst disruptions in Europe since World War II, potentially pushing oil to $150 to $175 a barrel. Dang it, Jamie Dimon, I wanted to have a nice day, and now you just ruined it. Um, I think I can leave that as it is. I think I can move on and just tell you, Jamie Dimon's he's respected by me. When he says our team stinks, it stinks. When he says our team should be a word of inflation, we should be a word of inflation. When he says our team is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now, again, he's been wrong about Bitcoin, but in the last... Six weeks, he looks brilliant about Bitcoin. And yet his firm is too big to ignore Bitcoin. I will, I will get sad in one day when he leaves the, the world of finance. Uh, but the way he's going, he's going to last longer than me. The stocks are pulling back after starting today in the green. Uh, so we have a new month, June. First quarter is January, February, March. Then it's April, May, June. So this is the third month of the second quarter, but a lot of Wall Street is broken up into month categories in large part due to holdings that have to be reported to shareholders at the end of the month. Yellen, Janet Yellen said the administration is fighting inflation, admits that she was wrong using the word transitory. Netflix password crackdown is a hot mess. Company has been trailing, um, has been following what they're doing in Costa Rica, Chile, and Peru. 
and the enforcement is sloppy and governments are freaked out. People can't figure out what a household is and what a household isn't. So, you know, they said, we're going to charge like, hey, if your son goes off to college, he could use your account, but it's going to be an extra $3 a month. They're having problems because that guy, Tony, who was like, hey, can I get your network password? And you go, oh, no. And then Tony asks someone else. And Tony gets the Netflix password. Both parties aren't going to like it when he has to go and pay $3 a month to the original owner of the account. Like, it's just messy. Delta hike sales forecast to pre-pandemic levels thanks to a jump in travel demand and fares. That's big. That's a good story. That's the first good story that I have today. I can count on a two-fingered hand how many good stories I see today. Two. Uh, Elon Musk tells Tesla workers to return to the office full-time or resign. I find that interesting. Gas prices continue to rise on the cruel summer story that I started with. We're going to see $2 more per gallon by the end of summer, i.e. Labor Day. Right now, the national average is 462. That's up 45 cents in a month, and it's up a buck 58 over a year. And now we're starting to say it could add another two bucks on top of that. And two bucks used to be able to buy you a bottle of wine at, at Trader Joe's, two bucks chuck. But even that has gone up with inflation. 67% of drivers surveyed said they would change their driving habits when gas at 450 a gallon. Now it's at 462 nationwide. Um, for me in San Anselmo in the Marin, it is easily $6. One minute. The number of us willing to change our driving habits if gas goes another 50 cents higher is 75%. I've changed some habits. Um, using electric vehicle as much as I can at this point, charging at the cheapest rates possible in the middle of the night or using my solar only. When my solar has excess solar, and I know you don't have money, everyone doesn't have money for solar. That's arrogant when people say, you know, gas prices are killing you. And then someone says, well, you should buy an EV. And EVs, you know, $60,000 sometimes. So gas prices are hurting and Americans are starting to rack up some credit card debt. And housing looks very, very, very much so um, uh, frothy. You find me online at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. There's a lot going on, and it does not look like a fun summer, economically speaking. You've heard every major tech company say that they've started to be more deliberate in their hiring practices from Microsoft to Salesforce. Um, Meta will no longer be Facebook as a ticker symbol. It is going to change to META, Meta. The FB is going to go away. The Atlanta Fed President Bostic said his prior comment about a pause in September should not be interpreted as a Fed put that they're going to be raising rates aggressively two or three more times, and then take a little bit of a pause and let's see where it lands. He's backtracking on that one. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen acknowledged that inflation is way too high, and we probably should have added Biden's stimulus on top of the Trump stimulus. Um, Or maybe we should have spread out the Trump stimulus over a few more years. I don't know the right way of saying this. I think the PPP loans from everything that I'm reading, were very, very poorly handled and put a lot of money into the owner's hands and not necessarily into 
lower income, middle income families. OPEC plus was said, uh, basically said yesterday to be considering suspending Russia from its oil production deal. European Central Bank members are suggesting a 50 base point rate hike is needed at their July meeting to help curtail inflation. Everyone's getting hit with inflation. Everyone. And now that COVID is a passing issue again in China, they're going to contribute to inflation by sending their people on vacation, by sending them to factories to work. Sending people on vacation uses fuel. Sending them to work uses fuel. There's a jump in treasury yields on rate hike concerns today. That's worthy of note because the cost of borrowing is fairly important to how stimulative the economy gets. I want to see where the 10-year treasury is today. Again, last year was heaven. It was gold and it was utopian. Last three years have been low, lower and lower and lower interest rates due to help fight COVID, which created a lot of stimulus. And we benefited from a stock market that was up 25% last year. Um, so to see us down 20% this year, not all that surprising. So I see the SP 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ all lower. Crude oil is sitting up a buck 40 to $116. 10-year treasury bond, which is what I was talking about, has started to climb a little bit um, from the 2.8 level to the 2.9 level. Some people use the word the 2.9 handle. The three handle. I don't know. That's just not me. Uh, A housing expert is warning that we're seeing a cooling off and that you should probably wait a couple of months before you buy to let it cool a little more. Even though home prices jumped 20.6% in March, that's on a year-over-year level. But on a month-to-month level, we're starting to see a little bit of uh, the foot coming off the gas pedal. The interest rate hike spike is hitting mortgage rates. And if you're a first-time home buyer, it really affects you. If you look back a year ago, you need an extra thirty dollars to $50,000 more of household income in order to afford the home. At today's interest rate, at the median price of a median price in the United States, which uh, a year ago is about three hundred ninety, it's three hundred ninety thousand now. A year ago, about three hundred forty thousand. They can see those big jumps, but the interest rate hike means you have to pay an extra. Uh, you need more income, another thirty thousand to afford the same exact home. Inventory is at a low spot. We're pending inventory is down about seventeen percent. Bidding wars are slightly less common, but they still haven't gone completely away. I saw a home in LA recently go for 1 million exactly over asking price, which is kind of funny because it's a nice round number, is it not? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We are seeing a lot of bad signs right now. So don't act like you're not seeing it. You know what was interesting? I was reading... um how budgets are hit differently. Very boring read. How budgets are hit differently by higher gas prices. And one of the areas that it's really messed up right now is school buses. And paying for your kids to take a school bus is kind of a thing in the United States or the school district covers it and they get it back one way or another and fees tied towards taxes on the housing and situations like that. 
some counties are spending an extra 150,000 bucks a month on gas prices for buses. Makes you think electric buses are right around the corner. No, no. And then those counties are going to have to spend millions and millions more in order to order fleets of electric and figure that all out. There's a job openings report that came out today and a big jobs number comes out on Friday. Job openings show a sharp decline, but still vastly outnumber available workers. Um, getting people back to work is difficult and you can see it's difficult in the way that Elon Musk is handling himself once again as kind of a buffoon, but he has the right to do it. He has told Tesla employees, come back to work in your office full-time or leave the company. You should pretend to work elsewhere. And he's not backing down from those statements. And those are pretty harsh statements in my mind. Salesforce beat earnings expectations. That was moving the market earlier. The ISM manufacturing index increased in May, but shows indications of ongoing supply chain problems. There's been a jump in treasury yields, which is affecting the markets. On top of all of this, we're paying uh, strength today is only in energy, as it's expected that energy prices are going to go back up to 150 a barrel on oil due to what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. And the word embargo is something Wall Street never, ever likes to hear. Delta expects second quarter revenue fully restored to 2019 levels. That's good news, but the bad news again is um, fuel costs. And it's going to be a rough summer for gas drivers, for airplane flyers. It's going to be a rough summer. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or Twitter, Rob Black Show. I put up a YouTube video every week with an interview with market strategist. It's YouTube at Rob Black Show. Next week, this interview is going to talk about real estate. Is the party over? Does it need to be over to complete this kind of negative market that we're in? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.